Now, this dude is a very busy dude, so I'm pumped that we got him the day after the natty. He played quarterback for Alabama from 2007 to 2010. He won the 2010 BCS National Championship at Bama, posting an undefeated 14-0 season. He finished up his college career with a 24-3 record as a starting quarterback. He played for the New York Jets in 2011 and 2012. He is an ESPN college football analyst, and he did call last night's National Championship game on ESPN Radio and is the host of the Always College Football Podcast. He is Greg, Greg McElroy, my man, you are everywhere. Dude, I appreciate you so much for coming back on the show. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jim, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Big day, big day. Big day, big day. Appreciate you. So, my man, you were in the building last night with one of the best seats in the house. I'm curious first, what was your overall reaction to what you saw and what were your biggest takeaways from last night? Well, I mean, it was just... It won the game is a lot closer than the final score would indicate. A play or two here or there, and it completely shifts it. But it just goes to show you when you're playing against a team like Michigan, you cannot miss. You know what I mean? They are that good. That if you have a freebie, if they bust the coverage, if they have an open receiver, you have to hit those plays because you're just not going to be able to weather the storm if you miss big opportunities. And Michael Penix, really the first time in quite a while, Missed some guys that were open downfield last night, and there were opportunities for Washington to get back in the game, two in particular that really jump out. Get a dropped pass by the running back on third down, would have easily picked up the first down to the right flat. And then they had a holding call that I thought was a, really a terrible call. It was a really well officiated game, but one terrible call in the game that eliminated the 40 yard game by Roma Dunze down the right sideline. If those two things happen, I mean, the game at that point, 20 to 13. And we're cooking with gas in the beginning of the fourth quarter. We're going to have what might be an all-time great finish, but uh, it wasn't to be. And, and Michigan was the most complete team. They were the better team last night and were deserving champions after a uh, 15-0 season. Agreed. Greg McElroy is joining us. I mean, Greg, you knew Michigan was going to look to establish the run early on, but did you have any idea they'd have the kind of success that they did right from the jump and just blow Washington right off the ball the way they did? Well, I, I was shocked by that. You know, Jim, if you look at Michigan and you really kind of get down into the weeds and allow me to go there for a moment, defenses hold up okay in the first 40 to 45 snaps. First 40 to 45 snaps, like you, they're okay. you can hold up against them. But when you get past 45, the defensive efficiency is off the charts how it just completely drops off and it's completely wear you down. So I thought Washington would hold up early. And then in the fourth quarter, that's when we find out whether or not, you know, we separate the men from the boys. And they were so out of position early. I couldn't believe a team that's that well coached was so unsound in their run fits. I mean, the linebackers were a mess. They were all over the place. They were, they were not in the same position. The defensive line was going one way. The linebackers were going another way. I mean, it was really, really poorly executed defensively. The moment just got too big for them on the first two drives defensively. But, hey, you got to give Michigan credit, too. I mean, they found those creases. I mean, it's one thing for those creases to be there. It's another thing to find them. And Michigan found them not once but twice. But, really, I mean, they had four 35-yard gains in the first quarter alone. So Michigan took advantage of mistakes, and, and on the other side, Washington didn't. So that was why the game went the way it went. But it was an ideal start for the Wolverines, and they were kind of allowed to dictate the game from that point forward if they get to a 14-3 lead early. 
and Donovan Edwards, no less, not Blake Corum. Blake Corum obviously got going and finished that game for them, but to see Donovan get off the way he did with those two giant runs, that really set the tone. Greg McElroy is joining us. Hey, Greg, back to Penix for a minute. He's had an amazing college career. We know this, but clearly he was out of sorts last night. He missed a wide-open receiver on a blown fourth-and-seven play in the second quarter through a pair of picks. How much of that was a result of Michigan's defense, and then how much of that came down to Penix? Simply having a bad night at a bad time. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I mean, he was definitely off the mark by his standards. Now, let's be real, Jim. Like, I mean, his standards are pretty unreasonable. <laughs> he had come into that game last night completing fifty-four percent of his passes that travel more than thirty yards downfield. I mean, that is unheard of. Even at the NFL level, I mean, passes to travel 30 yards or more downfield, I mean, a good number, a good number statistically is like one out of three, you know, maybe two out of five if you're really dealing. And he's completing north of 50%, actually up to 54. So he, he doesn't miss those throws, but I think he was seeing ghosts last night. And you got to give tremendous credit to the defensive staff of Michigan. They were able to mix looks. They were able to over – Kind of, they didn't have to blitz a lot. They brought five. They brought six on occasion. But a lot of times they just brought four. But they knew where the protection was going to be sound, and they overloaded the protection. So there was oftentimes an unblocked defender that was breathing fire, and Penix would have to move. He'd have to get off the spot. He took a lot of hits, and as a result, it really affected his accuracy. So uh, they had a tremendous defensive plan. It was so well executed defensively. I can't even tell you how well executed it was. The coverage was amazing. The tackle, the tackling in the open field was amazing too. I mean, there were several instances where Jalen McMillan, a great wide receiver who's excellent yards after the catch, and he's out one on one. If he misses one tackle, Will Johnson made the tackle. If he misses it on a third down, he's out the gate. He might score. And they just always seemed to step up and make the play last night. So it was a remarkable defensive performance, but without question. I mean, Penix, he missed some layups, man. And it's just not something you're just used to seeing with a guy that's just that deadly accurate. No, I agree with you. Greg McElroy joining us. So, Greg, bottom line, we know the better team won. The better team won, without question. Let me ask you this, though. With Jim Harbaugh being suspended for six games this season and the NCAA continuing its investigation of that sign-stealing scandal, how do you personally, you personally view this title? Do you think it's tainted in any way? I think it's a very popular question, Jim, and I, I think there are a lot of people that will view it like that. Like, it's tainted, it, it comes with an asterisk. I personally don't. I've always thought, and this goes back to my time in college, NFL, high school, you name it, you steal our signals, that's on us. Like, I think Michigan, if anything, if anything, I actually have increased the level of respect I have for their program with what they had to endure this year. Now, that's going to sound crazy because it just is so counterintuitive, but I think most guys that played know that when your coach isn't there for six games and it doesn't affect your performance, that's a remarkable thing for 18- to 22-year-old kids to compartmentalize and not allow them to deter from the task at hand. So, I, if anything else, I know some people, look, people are going to feel the way they want to feel. Um, I happen to think the sign-stealing thing is bogus. I think it's completely ridiculous. I've kind of felt like that from the beginning. I don't even think it gives you that much of a competitive advantage. And the only people that are saying that are the ones that Michigan beat. Um, but at the same time, man, like 
this team had to deal with a lot of scrutiny, and it did not affect their performance at all. So, if anything, I actually would probably increase the level of respect I have for them given what they had to endure. Greg McElroy joining me for another moment or so. Greg, what about the Washington standpoint? So they're going into the Big Ten, and Penix is heading to the NFL. Where does that leave them? In other words, they had a window. Do they still have that window, or did the window close? Well, this group is comprised of nine six-year seniors. Um, They have a lot of veteran guys that are gone. I mean, you lose your top receiver, possibly your top two, possibly your top three. You lose your quarterback. You're going to lose a handful of guys along the offensive line. You lose a handful of guys defensively, including the edge rusher, Braylon Trice. Uh, Keelan DeBoer, their head coach, is the real deal. I mean, he is a a terrific, terrific, up-and-coming, big-time college football coach. But uh, I think they're coming back to earth in a big way next year. It's partly because last night exposed a few things. The Big Ten is all about the line of scrimmage. If you can't win the line of scrimmage, you got no shot. That's why Iowa, for as putrid as they are offensively from time to time, they find a way to eight, nine, ten wins every year because they're really good at the line of scrimmage. So the Big Ten it really comes down to how you play in the trenches, and there's still a gap right now between Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State to an extent, and the rest of the teams that will be joining. That includes SC, that includes Oregon, that includes Washington. I do think in time those teams will catch up, but I will think, I do think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve as they get into the new league. He is a former quarterback from Alabama 2007 to 2010, won the 2010 BCS National Championship. He was on the call last night for ESPN and in the house. Greg McElroy, my guest, dude, with all, with all sincerity, I know how busy you are. Thanks for making time for us once again. Always good to have you, Greg. Appreciate you so much. Man, it means a lot to always be able to visit you, you, man. You're the best, and I appreciate you so you much. You too, dude. Same. Greg McElroy. I do appreciate him so much. He's got lots of platforms, lots of responsibilities. He was at the game last night and still made time to join us first thing in the morning. So, major props for that. Telephone number, 1-800-636-8686. All right, big takeaway there. He's like, you know what? I play the game a lot. I play the game on every single level. I've got no problem with the way they won that national championship. That that sign-stealing scandal probably didn't help that much. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. But it did help. It did help or they wouldn't have done it. If it doesn't matter, why did they do it? 